Welcome to another episode of our conference kickoff series here at Campus to Canton. Uh, as always, I am Austin. No Colin. He is. So get this. Colin swears he's in Vegas, but he swears it's a work trip, everybody. So first off, load of crap. We'll definitely have to discuss this when he gets back next week. But in his absence, I am happy to welcome on the newest member here at Campus to Canton, Ethan Sowers, at Ethan Sowers on Twitter. He writes over at Fantasy Cruncher and obviously here uh, with us at C2C. Ethan, a fellow Central Pennsylvania guy, it was the perfect fill-in for Colin to not be here. How are we doing tonight, man? Doing great. You know, uh, speaking of Central PA, the only thing I'm missing is some some birch beer and a, a bag of Middlesworth here, but, you know, we're going to make do for we're chugging along and, and excited. It's amazing. So for people that aren't from central Pennsylvania that don't know, and actually I'm even, this is really funny. So I'm from like South central PA, like an hour and a half from where you grew up. I am out of range of Middlesworth chips. Like oh, the pocket with where they make these chips, they're fantastic. The barbecue were some of the best barbecue chips I've ever had in oh, my yeah. life. Um, it's, it's just like one of those little like wonders of central PA that, that people, if you've never lived there, you would literally have zero idea. It's a it's a wonder, and apparently Colin he uh, mentioned that uh, you know he's familiar with Middlesworth, and he he said that the barbecue chips make a mean rub for some wings. So they they do. There's a place he went okay. to school. I'm I'm not trying to blow up. He went to school at um, uh, Lebanon Valley College, and there was a little hole in the wall bar in that town that did wings like that. They were like super crispy. That was the dust, and it was just oh, it was so good. I, I dream Dude. about it sometimes. I uh, every now and then we get a bag delivered down here in Texas, and uh, I've got one stashed in the cupboard. Might have well, to go down this weekend. Well, if you ever need some, I can I can just ship you a big box of it. Uh, just yeah. let me know. I'll, Be the best. Uh, we'll, we'll set need you one up. of those we'll big you. one of those big barrels. You know exactly. Yes, that's yeah. what we'll ship to you. <laughs> sure. All right, Ethan. So I think this is going to be a really fun show tonight because your background is more DFF or DFS and CFF. Um, Colin yeah. and I both come from more of like a Devi background. Yeah. So I think it, we're going to get a little two kind of different opinions and approaches to answering some of the questions we have tonight, which, by the way, we're covering the SEC West, uh, a.k.a. SEC Best. So I think I think, you know, no offense to Colin, but this might be our best show yet. What we're striving for every yes. day. Improvement. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's um, let's jump in here with some news first and then we can uh, we can do the cram session and then we'll move on uh, with some SEC talk here. Football coming up, obviously, that means, you know, we're really excited, but injuries are going to happen and we've got two big ones um, that, that have come out in the last 24 hours. Really, Sam Hartman, quarterback at Wake Forest there. Um, you know, we love this demon Deacons offense, especially their, their passing attack, non-football related injury. And I don't think I've seen anybody really leak exactly what it is, which is probably for the best. We're going to let him, you know, heal up and, and, and deal with whatever he's dealing with indefinite time period that he's out, but they swear he's going to be back this year. So I guess the first thing I want to ask you, Ethan, and kick this over to you. Do you think he actually, like, are you like, are you hopeful he comes back this year? Uh, and if he doesn't, yeah. like, what does this passing attack look like? Yeah, I mean, from the sounds of it, it sounds like, you know, my expectation is that 
maybe not immediately for in-conference play, but, you know, hopefully halfway through the year, maybe they have to, to navigate a, a few games in conference without him. Um, it's a big, big stock down for, for A.T. Perry. That's, that's my big takeaway from it. Um, I know we had hopes of Donovan Green also having his breakout this year. I think that kind of pushes him back a little bit. Um, but the big kind of pivot that I've, I've been thinking about today has been, um, you know, Christian Turner and uh, is it J- Justice Ellison. I, I believe he's he's still over there. Um, but how does how does that running game um, kind of ramp back up? I think uh, Clawson has shown in the past that he's willing to use that that long mesh option. I know, um, you know, back when Jamie Newman was around, he they seem to rely a lot more heavily on the run. Um, so I'm I'm interested in in what this does for their running game. Actually, I think um, you know with with Hartman down, um, it's not going to be the high-flying offensive before. And we know that defense is suspect as well. So um, slowing the game down for that defense and, and really relying on the, the back seems pretty likely. Uh, Claiborne over there, uh, yeah, he he's going to be an interesting uh, guy to watch too. I wonder if he, he gets any any boost from it. Yeah, yeah, DeMond Claiborne, the true freshman there. Um, he's one of those guys that's really interesting – uh, not to go off on a totally different tangent here. Uh, one of those guys that 24 seven had rated like way higher than the rest of the services, which is usually an intriguing thing for me since they tend to be more accurate than, than the other three services. I don't know if we've seen enough of on three to necessarily say that about them, but um, so that is interesting. They're not a week zero team. They're a week one team. You're going to be targeting those running backs or at least paying pretty heavy attention to them on that DFS slate. I'm I'm going to watch. Um, you know, I, I feel like every now and then they just, they pop uh, every, they have a big week every now and then. Um, and it's really going to come down to touchdowns. And and I think that, you know, that's the, they've been the, the kind of the missing piece, at least last year for their running backs to be really fantasy relevant. Um, but having a young quarterback down in the red zone, I think especially you're going to see, you're going to see them being able to uh, hand the ball off. So if Griffiths, I, I believe is the one who who's uh, named the starter now, yeah. if he's able to be productive and, and have some, uh, you know, some upside there and just keep, keep the, keep the, the demon deacons on the field. You know, I, I like the running backs in that situation though. And Mitch Griffiths just because I I honestly had no idea who this guy was before today, and he wasn't even the guy that our CFF team kind of predicted to be the backup uh, in the CFF guide in case something were to happen. 5'11", 192, redshirt freshman there. Um, has gotten in a couple games pretty much if they've been a blowout one way or the other over the past couple years, so um, for whatever that's worth, but not like he's some super experienced guy. So I don't think we really know. Yeah, what they've got with I, have, yeah. I have no idea. I, I I don't expect you to know. I don't expect any. I don't even really expect that coaching staff to necessarily know what they have with him because I'm sure Hartman gets you know the majority of the reps and, sure. and all that kind of stuff. So um, that'll be interesting to watch for sure. Um, the other injury that we have is down at Alabama, who we are going to talk about tonight. And I guess we could have just shoehorned this in with that discussion, but um, felt like maybe it should be its own topic. JoJo Earl, presumptive uh, slot starter there uh, for Alabama. Um, it's been rumored for a couple days, and it finally was confirmed today. He's out uh, with a Jones fracture in his foot, the dreaded Jones fracture. 
players have come back from it. Uh, Julio Jones is a, is a famous one. He had it a, a few years ago, but um, it's definitely not looking great for him this season. My big worry on this one, Ethan, and I'll see if you feel the same way. At Alabama, you only really get one shot. You know, it's, this is Eminem. You know, you, you get one shot here. <laughs> if you do not get take advantage of it for whatever reason, there's so much talent on the roster there that there's a likelihood that that whoever takes that job does it well enough to not give it back. Do you yeah, think we see sure. that here with JoJo? I mean, they've they've got an abundance of kind yeah. of those shifty slot guys right now. I mean, selfishly, I hope not. I hope I hope he uh, he doesn't miss his, his one shot here. But I think I mean, I've I've been heavy on Earl uh, just in the exposure over over my C2C leagues. Um, I th- I thought that he was kind of the guy, but I mean, just the the how loaded they are with blue chips. I mean, it's it it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him passed over and see him transfer out after he recovers from this injury. Um, I'm not entirely plugged in on on what the coaching staff's uh, belief is in him, and you know if they're willing to wait. But I mean, when does Saban ever wait? he goes and he gets the guy from the portal the next guy as we, up, yeah so. as we saw this offseason yeah absolutely so i i think i think his his shot at alabama his window is definitely closing we can project a little bit or try to guess later who we think takes this yeah. job but it isn't i mean the the amount of names we have christian leary aaron anderson kendrick law tyler harrell is a number of names that could really yeah fit into the slot there so uh and maybe even some jameer gibbs we see we see split out um, see that's that's my hope i was gonna say okay. that for later and then we can dig in on that but that's that's definitely my hope on okay okay who's I'll, a factor. I, i'll share my prediction because i think it's uh it's a i'm gonna go ahead a different direction with this i'm finally gonna start stop hating on tyler harrell um and we'll Ooh. talk about that here yeah, in a second um all right so those are the big uh, kind of main news points here, guys. And we, you can check out the YouTube page or the Discord or anywhere else that we have at Campus to Canton. Uh, you can keep up with any of the other smaller ones. Um, let's give the people what they came for here, Ethan. This is a cram session time here. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is what I've been there for. So. We're, we're putting you on the hot seat. We've got a couple yeah. of questions for you. Um, for anybody, you know, first time listener or, or you know, have, have we just awoken from a coma. Uh, missed the last couple episodes. Here's what we're going to ask you. We're going to ask you a player that you think helps their stock the most this year, a player that you think is going to hurt their stock the most this year, and then the spiciest, spiciest prediction that you can possibly give on air without you know your clothes just burning right off your body. So that's what we're going to do here. First question, I'll just toss it right to you here, the player that's going to help themselves the most. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like you said in my, my little intro, I definitely slant much heavier to the, uh, the, the CFF side when I'm uh, constructing my, my CTC team. So I'm, I'm trying to keep it uh, on brand here. Um, so I, I believe it's going to be Zach Koontz, uh, tight end out of Old Dominion. Um, he's 6'8", uh, 251. Uh, he just uh, wound up being uh, named to Bruce Feldman's freak list, uh, number 11 uh, on the list. Um, I, I believe you have some doubts to the uh, metrics that were uh, shared in that article. but I'm a little skeptical. Uh, yeah, just a little. You're saying, saying he runs a, a 4.5740, um, which, I mean, I instantly, whenever I see a big, lanky athlete, athletic tight end 
uh, I immediately think of Mike Gusecki. Um, he's, uh, you know, a, a Penn State transfer. Um, I just saw a video this week where uh, Mike Gusecki was praising Ricky Ronnie and Joe Moorhead up and down about the development of his game. Uh, the funny thing, just a sidebar on Gusecki, uh, my, my father and I had a very uh, affectionate nickname for Mike Gusecki while he uh, was a freshman at Penn State. It was Stonehands. Uh, because he just dropped every every meaningful target that seemed to come his way, um, and then by the by the end of his career at Penn State, I mean he was he was the guy. He was legitimately the I'd say an alpha in the offense. Uh, he was always Trace McSorley's first look. Um, I think Coons has similar upside here. Um, the metrics, the four point five seven. Uh, at 40 uh, that, that Feldman listed there lines up pretty consistently. I want to say Gesicki was a 4.55 uh, officially at the combine. Um, so I, I do think that there's a chance that that's a little uh, Homer uh, bias on the timer. Um, but it's it's definitely something to pay attention to. I mean, Koontz was just pummeled with targets last year. Um, I don't see that changing. Uh, I think Ronnie's system just works that way. Um, I think it's absolutely appalling with the size of uh, preseason award watch lists that this guy wasn't on the Mackey uh, watch list. Um, he's a legitimate, uh, he's a legitimate force um, at tight end. Uh, I tend to, um, you know, I've, I've been snatching him up as early as, you know, the, the eighth or ninth round in some C2Cs just to make sure I get him. He is the highest owned non-quarterback in my uh, uh, my portfolio. So I, I have around 80% of him and he I'm, I'm, I'm banking pretty big on him. I think he can definitely put himself in the conversation for um, the draft and I think I think we'll be seeing a much different tune um, to his his Devi upside, um, not just his, his CFF upside. Yeah, that last point's kind of the big question with him, right? It's it's gonna, yeah. you know, we 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 all agree. I think he's probably gonna be pretty good in college here. It's just, is there anything beyond that? Um, yeah. that, that, that that's really what we're hoping for for a stock up there, right? With him, is that yeah. know, the NFL kind of takes some notice? Yeah, I mean his his uh, his CFF upside can't really get any higher. So I I definitely um, I think that he is going to be a guy that NFL GMs uh, are interested in. Uh, the big question really comes down to how they're going to look at his transfer from Penn State, I think. Um, are they going to see that as him following his guy, the guy who recruited him, the guy who, you know, has talked him up that he's a great scheme fit for and, and has been working in his development? Um, or are they going to see him running away from a crowded tight end room at Penn State? And I mean, there's no, there's no denying, especially, you know, with what we thought Theo Johnson was at the beginning. Um, I don't blame anybody for uh, transferring out of that, that tight end room, especially when you've got a, um, a coach who, who like Ronnie say, who sounds like he's set on making him a star and a, a force at tight end. Yeah. And they've, they've got quite a lot of other guys over there at Penn state too. So no, uh, yep. no guarantee he ever necessarily would have, would have stood out with that group of Theo Johnson, Brenton strange. when they've always got a couple uh, yeah. of guys there. And they're um, scheming up Tyler Warren getting the uh, the Wildcat quarterback stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, there you go. Who knows, yeah. man? Tight end university. Um, so Zach Kuhn's going to help his stock the most this year. Um, another guy I think that was on Bruce Feldman's freak list 
correct here that you have with the with the possible stock down? I I believe so. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I haven't uh, haven't dug too deep, but I'd assume so. Just knowing the production that he put up last year, but uh, definitely sticking with a theme on the uh, the tight ends. Um, I think hurting their stack, it's Brock Bowers. Um, not a knock against you know his production last year or uh, you know his athleticism i think he's a great debbie name um but really just from a logistics standpoint i mean there's not really much there's there's, there's not much uh, wiggle room on his value uh, for his production this year he really needs to replicate what he did or he's going to fall a little bit in those those dead end rankings um and with with uh eric gilbert coming back and uh you know darnell washington that room is just uh it's it's crowded for sure big athletic guys who i mean they're as talented as any tight end in the country those guys so uh, i i think that their their spot on the team and their return to the lineup is just going to demand um demand opportunity uh and i mean it's it's coming from from bowers uh i feel like his production last year was really um buoyed by some huge games um and i don't see i don't see them force feeding him uh, quite the same and i don't see as high of a week-to-week ceiling he's a guy who i'm definitely going to be hesitant to be putting into any dfs lineups um i know uh you know we don't have a tight end position they're they're just receivers over there on DraftKings and uh FanDuel, but i don't see um i don't see him being able to to return to glory in the way that he was able to do last year yeah so i reserve all my hot takes for our instagram account um <laughs> we do a, a hot take tuesday and mine this week was that so I, I don't know how much i believe this i said brock bowers probably won't be a top 10 zff tight end this year and realistically i think he finishes around like seven or eight you know somewhere in that range but yeah. i you know saying he's not going to finish top three is like not a hot take so like yeah, i had you know i sure. had to, i had to get a little a little spicier there um yeah but no, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of factors. And he was used kind of in a gimmicky fashion at times last year. I yeah. mean, in a way that, yes, yes, you know, sweeps and, you know, especially yeah. in the red zone, they did a lot of uh, uh, rushing stuff with him. So I, I do think there's a big risk for it. I still, I mean, how do you feel about him as like an NFL guy in the future? I mean, I know he's a little on the short side and a little undersized. Yeah. He can fix that second one, probably can't grow a lot from now. But yeah. I mean, I... I I still think the level of athlete he is, the team's going to be really interested in him. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, uh, I think we've we've gone more and more towards a uh, positionless uh, NFL offense uh, kind of role. Guys are just looking for weapons. Um, there, I I think that he he will find a spot. Um, now, whether that's going to be a traditional tight end role or um, you know, a move tight end, I, I think definitely the expectation is a ladder on that. Um, but I, I, I don't think he'll have any any difficulty being drafted. Um, I just don't think that we're going to be necessarily considering him a, um, you know, a, a generational talent. And we love to throw that around. But um, I don't think he's he's anyone who's necessarily breaking the mold at that tight end position. Certainly not. Uh, and I think he comps um, size-wise pretty favorably to evan ingram so yeah you know the nfl liked him so um and i actually you know bowers might be a little more versatile which i think will be interesting to watch um all right so you've given us your your stock up stock down here 
Um, Your bold prediction here is pretty good. Let's hear what what you got for us. All right. So uh, I I may have had to uh, get a little spicier. I I may have bumped this up a little bit, but uh, I believe that Chevin Cordero, quarterback at San Jose State, is going to finish as a top three fantasy quarterback this season. Um, I am fully aware that I'm likely a year early on this. Um, I think, you know, give him another year in the system, and I think people will be projecting this. Um, But, I mean, it is entirely based around uh, Brent Brennan's offense. Um, He, I think, is a really underrated offensive mind. Back in, in 2019 was his uh, his big kind of explosion year as a, as a head coach and an offensive uh, guy um, where he had Josh Love, Trey Walker, and Bailey Gaither. Any of you USFL fans out there know that Trey Walker and Bailey Gaither, um, I mean, they're talented guys. They, they were able to uh, turn things on this year um, in the USFL. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, Josh Love uh, – and, and those guys are, um, I think, pretty tame compared to the, the upside of guys that they have coming in, coming in this year from, uh, you know, with Cordero coming from Hawaii. Uh, you've got Lockhart and uh, Elijah Cooks um, coming in. Uh, I think them and Isaiah Hamilton still there from, uh, from last year. I think this is the best arsenal of weapons that Brett Brennan has had since that 2019 year. And I'd argue that it's even better than that 2019 year. Um, for some some reference on that 2019 year, uh, they threw the ball with a neutral game script passer rate of 62.6%. And Josh Love threw for 3,923 yards and 22 touchdowns. Um, just, with just, the way, so, sorry, just just to contextualize yeah. for everybody, like sixty-two, like anything above like fifty-five percent is high. Like yeah. s- anything over sixty percent, your eyeballs start to fall out of your head a little bit. Yeah. So, and there there are a couple percentage points above that too in terms of that yeah. neutral game pass group. So that that's it, that's extremely yeah. extremely high. And I, I will point out, I mean, twenty nineteen, I am I am picking that year because it's the the, the high water mark there. Uh, three-year average for him is still a 56% passer rate in neutral game script. Um, you know, last year at Hawaii in Todd Graham's uh, subpar, I don't, I don't really value him as an offensive mind in any regard. I'm a pit uh, fan. You can say whatever you want about yeah, him here. It's yeah, safe space. This is safe yeah. space. Uh, but I mean. Cordero is coming into a much better situation. And even last year, only in 11 games, he threw for 2,800 yards in that, that run and shoot. Um, I, I really think the sky's the ceiling for these guys. Um, I did a write-up on Fantasy Cruncher about uh, – uh, actually, no, this was, this was a C2C article. I misspoke there. Uh, on um, just some things that we look for in the DFS side um, and, and kind of what research I like to do in uh, the offseason if there is one, if you'd like to, to consider that. And rate of play is a big one. And Brett Brennan, uh, Brent Brennan's offense um, really smashes. I want to say they were in the, they were definitely top 10 um, in, in rate of play. And they're, they're a guy, they're a team that I, I really like. So Chevin uh, Cordero, I mean, he's, he's just, I think he, he hasn't even been tapped into his potential. Like I, I really think that he can, 
excel uh, in this offense. And, you know, I think that, you know, we're chasing Zach Kitley a little bit too much. Um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge uh, Jarrett Dagey fan. And uh, I, I still think that we might be uh, chasing a ghost uh, with Western Kentucky and Texas Tech um, that, that's alive and well in San Jose with Chevin Cordero. I think he's got that ceiling that we look for. Um, I'm, I'm all in on him. I've, I've been trying to snatch him up everywhere. So interesting. Do you think he can support, like, is it Lockhart and cooks or, uh, there's somebody else in that roster too, that uh, if I, I remember correctly, yeah. but... I mean, Isaiah, Isaiah Hamilton is, is pretty, Hamilton. uh, pretty strong too. Um, yeah, I, I think he absolutely can. Um, I mean, I think that Brennan's scheme can definitely support two. I don't know if it can support a third consistently. Um, well, the Cooks I've, will be hurt by week four, so we're fine. Yeah, on yeah. We're I fine. mean, that's that's entirely fair. I've, I've really been in on Cooks and, and hoping that Same. he's able to stay healthy. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that offense. I think they're the uh, the quiet giant sitting in the corner of, of college football this year. That's really interesting. So now I'm going to, I mean, I've been, I have a lot of Lockhart, a lot of cooks, not a lot of Cordero though. So now, now you've got me um, slightly regretting. I got that kind of that feeling in my, the pit of my belly right now that maybe I I messed up some drafts this year. (laughs) I totally understand. I I traded him away in the program at the beginning of the off season and I am not looking favorably on that decision. So yeah, you blew it. You blew it. I did, man. I did. (laughs) All right. So that's, that's a spicy one. I like that a lot. Um, and we will um, we'll definitely uh, uh, come back to that here at some point in the season and have to revisit that probably. Um, all right, guys, real quick, before we hop into our SEC West here, two things for you. First off, we are part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, there's a ton of other great shows on there, guys, if you not, are not familiar with them. Um, there's honestly, they, they, they've added so many shows that we just don't list them all on here because they're, they're so many and, and honestly a bunch of good ones I listen to uh, each and every week. Go ahead and check all of those out in one place on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live. They do a weekly Friday drop that recaps the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Second, guys. All right, listen up. Colin's not here. I didn't want to say this, but I think I have to. We know, based on the statistics that our our podcast uploading software does, that's about 80% of you guys listen on on iTunes. You, You get your downloads on there of our podcasts. Guys, if you can take 30 seconds to a minute out of your day, go on there and give us a five-star review. We are trying to continue to grow this format that we all love. College Fantasy, Devi, C2C, all of these. To do that, we obviously need more eyeballs and more ears on our programming. Your reviews help. We don't really know how or why, but we know that they do. Just take a minute out of your day. Hop on Apple, and to be honest, it works on other places too. Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, we're a bunch of different places. Go ahead on those places, guys. Just give us a five-star review. Say whatever you want. If we don't have at least 10 new reviews by the time uh, of next week's episode on Monday, Colin is not allowed back on this show. It will just be me, and I will be a preachy asshole until I get my at least 10 reviews guys. I know how many downloads we get on there. I know that that is just a very small percentage of you guys help us out. Please, please, please let's get more people into this format. And it's not just our show. There are a lot of great shows on here, including one that Ethan's going to be on here in a couple of weeks with that on C2C. 
All right, so let's get right into the SEC here now that I've kind of bullied the the audience. They're a little shaken. Let's calm them down here a little bit. I mean, for sure, this we know from from history that this is not a uh, podcast network who makes empty threats in any way. No, so no, this we, is we've already, this is a serious business. We, we've shown it. We've shown it. I, I will do it. Colin doesn't even know I just did that. Colin's out in Vegas doing whatever. He's Blind at some craps table. He's gonna. He's, he's someone's gonna come over to him while he's there and whisper in his ears. Like what? So. Um, let, let's not make that in vain. Um, SEC West, guys, we're going to go here in alphabetical order, um, although it certainly is probably the favorite that we're going to talk about here first, and that is Alabama. Um, the best uh, palate cleanser I can think of uh, after that little speech. A lot to talk about here with Bama. We're probably going to spend, <laughs> spend like 25% of the show just on these guys here. That's fair. The quarterback position is interesting. I think we've got a couple of different questions to ask ourselves. The first is for this year, Bryce Young, you know, the reigning Heisman winner, bringing him back. That doesn't happen too often. So that's a pretty great thing there for, for Saban and for Young and, and uh, Bill O'Brien and everybody else associated with this offense. Realistically, he's probably not going to win the Heisman again this year. I think there's a lot of other really strong contenders, including his teammate there, Will Anderson. But from this, from, you know, a statistical standpoint, what do you think we can reasonably expect out of him this year? Comparable to last year, better, sl- slight regression. What, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting for him. I think that just with the offensive makeup, I think that we will see a little bit of regression. Um, I think they're going to be a run, a, a heavier run team uh, this year than they were last year. Um you know, it's really interesting. I, I think, I mean, there's there's no doubt that Bryce really just, I mean, he proved everything that he needed to prove on the field last year. Um, I think that this year is going to be more about a leadership position for him, kind of displaying the intangibles that, you know, those old school GMs want to see about if he's a leader in the locker room, if he's invited to anybody's birthday parties, you know, the, the important issues that we see. Um, he's, he's no Chevin Cordero, but he, uh, I think he'll be able to, to rise to the occasion this year. Um, and, and I would, I would probably expect around 80%, uh, maybe 85% uh, of his passing, um, still back. Um, but I think they're going to be able to run the ball better. I think their offensive line is going to be improved. Um, last year they had some depth issues and I think, you know, we, we like to give Bama a hard time because they're just recruiting five stars after five stars, but, when you're when you're inexperienced at important positions like the offensive line, um, it limits what you're able to do. And I think that the experience that they return this year um, is going to be helpful for them. Um, I think they're going to be able to, um, you know, really uh, lay the groundwork for Jameer Gibbs and Jason McClellan. I mostly agree with you. I think my big question for him this year is going to be how much does he run? And I know Saban and Bob probably don't want him to run. Last year, yeah. um, he took – can you believe this? He took 420 snaps at the quarterback position. Come on. <laughs> the, we're not going to make the cheap joke, though. Uh, 273 rush yards net of sacks, you know, like yeah. with taking sacks out of the, the equation. If he can just hit 400 closer to 500 i think 500 is the number where it starts to get sticky when it comes to kind of projecting forward to the nfl yeah i think 
that would be interesting for us as fantasy managers. You know, it might might yeah. put Nick Saban in an early grave, but I kind of just want to see him take off and be a little more mobile because it looks like he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he can definitely do it, but I I would be shocked if we see him hit that kind of a benchmark. Uh, I think even more so this year. There, there's there's less incentive for him to run, um, just because of how how explosive i think that running game is going to be behind him um i mean he's he's got weapons that i i think are a significant downgrade um to what he had last year um i think you know jameson williams coming in last year was just a one-off i don't think that you can expect Jermaine burton to have the the same kind of production in that offense i think burton's talented um but we still haven't seen him pop in the way that, that jameson popped um Tyler Harrell, uh, you know, I I thought I was the smartest man in the room last year when I discovered Tyler Harrell at Louisville because he his his touchdown rate was just absurd with the amount of touches that he had. It was it was something crazy, um, and so I was so excited to draft him in C two C leagues this year. And then when I heard that he was transferring to Bama, I was significantly less excited. Um, I don't think that he's like the missing piece to this offense like some people have said um i don't think that he fills a role that's going to be consistently utilized um you know this this information with um jojo earl i, I don't think that really helps him because I, I do think Harold's going to be on the outside um it might it, we might see a little bit more um a little bit more production for him but uh i i have significant questions on this receiver room still uh, even after the the additions that they made, yeah, I, I, their their wide receiver room is really interesting, and we're going to talk about them uh, here in just a second. Um, I do just want to ask you real quick, Bryce Young. I don't know. I'm I feel pretty good about the fact, like projecting that he's going to be gone after this year. I, you know, yeah, he's already got his Heisman. He might get his natty this year. He'll get the heck out of there. Who is the guy to replace him? Is he on, is, is it Simpson or Milrow? Is, is the guy not on the roster yet? Will they hit the portal? I, I'm intrigued to see, but let's assume they don't hit the portal. Are you a, yeah. a Ty Simpson guy? Are you a Jalen Milrow guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Simpson guy. I've, uh, I like, I like what I, I've seen from him. Um, I will admit though, I wasn't ever really on Milrow and I was watching their spring game and Milrow's more than competent. He, he would be a great successor at, any non-Bama school, <laughs> uh, but I think it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see where the odd man out transfers. That's my uh, excitement in this position battle. Um, but I, if I had to pick one and to stash, I'd, I'd be taking Simpson. Yeah, Milrow was my QB five in his class. I thought uh, he could do something in a big way. Chris and I both separately, about a year apart, have. have have uh, said let's send him to UCLA. So let's uh, let's send him to UCLA if it doesn't work out and, there. He can hang out with Chip Kelly for a couple of years. Justin Martin, I'm I'm not on board with that. Yeah, well, you know, some <laughs> someone someone's stock goes up, someone else's has to go down. I mean, that's just unfortunately uh, the is. way it is there. Um, the running backs here, it's a really full room. Like really yeah. full. I honestly expected at least one other guy to leave there this off season after uh, Kamar Wheaton did back in January, and yeah. nobody did. So that really surprised me. Just off the top of my head here, I don't have the names written down in front of me, but just off the top of my head, the guys that are there right now. You brought in Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. You have 
Uh, Sanders still there somehow, and I think he probably is a factor at some at some level this year. You've got Jace McClellan, you've got uh, Jamarian Miller, you've got um, 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 the, the, Roy Dell still there. Yes, Roy Dell Williams, and then you've got yeah. Emmanuel as well. So yeah. I mean, just just a a, a very very loaded back. Disgusting. <laughs> Bama the past couple years has been bell cow based for the most part. Do they go back to kind of this rotation that they've had that they had a couple years ago with when it was um, you know Josh Jacobs and um, uh, oh I don't even remember they they had two or three different backs there and they all kind yeah. of rotated pretty evenly. Yeah, I mean my my uh, selfish ideal uh, utopia situation for this backfield is that it is a rotation in the backfield, but Gibbs doesn't leave the field. Um, I see uh, Gibbs being an every down back. Um, he's definitely got the ability to do so, I think. Um, you know, I think McClellan, uh, McClellan and Sanders uh, between the tackles, um, I, I can see that being more of a, uh, a goal line situation, but... Um, I'd love to see, you know, and I, I, I think we give Bill Bryant, Bill O'Brien, uh, a little bit of a hard time that is due uh, for his NFL time. But I mean, being a Penn State guy, I, I know, I, I know him well uh, on his strengths and what he can do um, in an offense in, in at the college level. And I think, I think that he will find a way to get the best player of the football. I think. Jameer Gibbs is the best player not taking snaps and who knows he might take snaps too. Um, so I, that's, that's my, uh, my hope is that we see Gibbs really funnel into that slot. Uh, we see him motion out of the backfield. We see him down close to the goal line, taking sweeps, all that stuff. Um, I think that maximizes his value. And I think that when Saban, is somebody from the portal i think he's all about maximizing the return so yeah yeah he's definitely going to use them I'm, I'm curious you know last year it seemed like they kind of had mcclellan as kind of their pass catching guy and then they had brian robinson that they they wanted to use between the tackles and then when mcclellan went down they didn't necessarily have another guy to do what he did so i am wondering if it's kind of a 50 50 ish split the one thing gibbs is still listed at 200 which is yep. really a bummer I was really hoping he'd get to Bama and not that, you know, their, their strength, you know, Georgia tech is a, it's a, it is a power five strength and conditioning program. It wasn't like they weren't doing anything with him there, but I thought maybe him and going ring, to Bama ring endorsement. They're actually going to put that on the wall of their locker room. We are power a power five, five strength. And conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the best advertisement they can get. Yeah. I thought he'd get a little bit bigger at Bama. It, re- it sounds like he really has. Yeah. So that's, we, we've gone that's three years into this now. I was really hoping we could get, you know, 208 out of him. You know, that's the Christian McCaffrey-ish weight. Um, Maybe not. Maybe not, which is kind of a a bummer there. And just what makes me hesitate just that little bit about him kind of getting that role, especially with, the you know, Trey Sanders and Roy Dell Williams, who I think are the obvious Brian Robinson replacements this year. They kind of seem to be the like-for-like guys. Was it was it Nate who came on and gave that great uh, caution to Jameer Gibbs? It was. Earlier this it season? was. He, he just really just poured water all over that. Yeah, fire. I mean that's that's definitely an earworm that just gets lodged there, and 
it's hard hard to shake when you're when you're on the clock at you know 105 106 but yeah regardless I, I, la- yeah. Last year, between McClellan and Ryan Robinson, they had 45 receptions. I think Gibbs can get close to 40. I really do. So um, certainly will be some additional value beyond just his his rushing there. Do either of the freshmen get run this year? I think is going to be the other big question. You know, obviously, Bama gets in blowouts. It's just the nature of being Bama. Emmanuel Henderson, uh, Jamarian Miller, the two guys there. Miller looked good in the spring game. And apparently Henderson has bulked up quite a bit. I haven't seen exactly what he's weighed in at most recently, but he was kind of on the lighter side. Um, Do we see either of those guys this year? I think that's, that's the straightforward question. I think we see him, but um, there's always this, this DFS fallacy that gets stuck in my head whenever I see Bama on a slate and I'm like, Oh man, uh, their third string, fourth string running backs are like, minimum salary this week i'm gonna jam them in and it's gonna they're gonna explode because they're gonna get the ball in garbage time and then saban does the exact same thing and rotates like eight of them in the fourth quarter and none of them go off so i think we'll see them and i think that's great for their development and great for their you know for us to be able to project them uh in the future but i don't think that's i I think it's negligible for anything that we can capitalize off of yeah, and just if they don't make an impact this year, we were talking earlier about JoJo Earl, and you kind of get your one chance. Not saying this is their chance, but um, they have Justice Haynes and Richard Young coming in next year. Both are, according to the composite, top five backs in the class. So yeah. as per usual, the um, pipeline of talent will just continue to flow there through Alabama. Um, you were very eager to talk about wide receivers, so uh, yeah. I, I will grant you this wish here now. I mean, technically, um, technically, I'm I was eager about Jameer Gibbs, who we just talked about. I'm I'm hoping he sees that that receiver role. But. So okay, so so yeah. the, the the starters were as of six hours ago when I wrote the show sheet. Probably <laughs> probably Burton, Earl, and Brooks. You know, Jameer Burton from Georgia, yeah. JoJo Earl in the slot, uh, and, and then Brooks on the outside. Earl gone. You think Gibbs is the likely guy? I'm kind of yeah. wondering if it's Harold. And I think we've both kind of laid or we've talked about both of them here a little bit. Harold did not play a lot of slot last year, but I do think yeah. they're going to be looking to get some speed on the field there. Leary, I think, is the other Christian Leary, second year guy is obviously the other, you know, guy if they're kind of looking for somebody to stretch the field a little bit yeah. that can do that. But are you on board with Burton Brooks as the other two guys, like regardless of whatever's happening in the slot? Yeah. There? Yeah. I mean I think I think Harrell is really going to be. I don't think he's going to see a huge snap count. Um, at least that was that was my expectation before. Same. This is yeah. a total flip, one eighty for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, he's a he is a straight line burner. Um, I what I really loved about him last year was his ability to get behind the defense and just sit and let Malik Cunningham find him. Uh, and then turn on the burners and, and take it to the house. Um, I, you know, I, I'm hopeful um, that he does well. I, I like, I like his profile. I like his skill set. Um, he gets a nice upgrade at quarterback, um, but I, I don't think, I don't think the, the meaningful snaps are going to be there for his draft capital right now in C2C leagues. Um I, I mean, the one guy that we, one of the, the freshmen who we haven't talked about, I, I'm really big on Shaz Preston. Okay. Um, he's, he's definitely a top 
wide receiver uh, target. All of my C2C leagues are we're done drafting for freshman drafts, and I'm not doing any more startups this year, so I can I can tell all my secrets. You feel comfortable, uh, I, yeah. That's yeah. Nate. Nate just wrote an article today for all his like deep G5 guys that he yeah. like would only share with us and told us he'd hunt us down if we said them online. Like yeah. he finally released that article today. I'm assuming he's done drafting too. Yeah, it's it's the the annual dump of who we love now. Um, I really like Shaz Preston. He's my favorite of the new um, Bama wide receivers. He's one of my favorite receivers in the class in general. Um, you know, I'm I'm all about him and and Randall and DJ Allen, even despite the the news at a TCU of uh, Hudson going off, but. I digress. Um, I, I'd like to see Preston get more run here. I don't really, you know, I, I think he could be, you know, a big slot, but that's definitely not a, that's not a uh, projected um, role for him. Uh, so I, th- I think, I think Brooks and Burton are going to be the the prime outside guys and Harold's going to fill in in the slot with, with Gibbs. Shaz is Mechie-ish in my yeah. opinion, like more of a possession guy. He was my wide receiver four in the class. He's dropped a little bit since then, just cause like Shetron showed up at OSU and like looked mm-hmm. really, really good. Apparently like he's, I, I think I had golden jump him too, just cause I feel so certain about him producing yeah. over the next couple of years, but I still really, really like Preston. I still think he can be a very good player there for a couple of years. My only concern with him. And again, I think he's a very good player. At the moment, does he offer something different than anybody else on that roster can give? Because I think as a freshman at Alabama, that's how you kind of get on the field. And that's always been my worry with him, at least immediately, is does he offer something that you can't get from Brooks or Burton? And I think those are kind of the two yeah. guys that he's really, he's probably competing with Brooks is what I would yeah. assume. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he he's well-rounded. Uh, in a way that, you know, I, I think Mechie's a great comp because I feel Mechie was able to carve out his role because he could kind of do it all. Um, he was a a guy who you didn't want to have to rely on, but he was a great number two, great peripheral weapon uh, to have. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I know uh, we've got tight ends here as well. I'm going to kind of spoil my take. Let's lump them I, in. Just lump them yeah, in. They all catch passes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm not a lot to guy. I don't think that he's anything to write home about. I know uh, Bob loves his his tight ends. I'm interested in if we see more of a role. I, I mean, this is just spitballing on kind of that that hot take of big slots uh, coming in. I wonder if they would be okay with that if they're not getting the production out of tight end that O'Brien wants to see. Hmm. Um, getting more of a, a big slot possession guy over the middle um, that can move the sticks. Uh, I mean, Lachu's fine. Uh, I just don't think that he's got any future. I'm not a fan of his either. Um, I don't, I, I've seen some people have him as, you know, tight end three, tight end four in this class. He's a well-rounded kid. And I think he certainly has a spot in the NFL, but um, especially in terms of fantasy production, I, uh, yeah. he alligatored that one so hard in the spring game. It like still haunts me. I still literally just can like see this play so clearly in my head of him um, just kind of shying away from contact. I know it's a spring game. Yeah. No one wants to lay out in the spring game, but yeah. um, uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure Nick Saban uh, was in his ear a little bit after that one um, too. All right. 
let's head over to Arkansas here. I think, uh, yeah. well, and actually I do have one more question for you just in terms of pass catching on this team, you know, um, the yeah. year one zeros for anybody that's not super familiar is a, a theory that, that I think we've kind of proven here at C2C where wide receivers kind of have to hit certain, you know, very bare minimum thresholds as true freshmen to have a chance to break out later. You know, this is kind of, you have Xavier Worthy's that break out year one. Okay. This guy didn't break out year one. What are the odds of him doing it in the future? We've kind of, sort of come up with a solution for that although obviously there will always be outliers um some of the 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 markers for a year one zero you know five catches total uh 100 receiving yards i believe five uh rushes total a rushing touchdown uh five kick kicker punt returns like these are very 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 15 rush yards they're, they're very low thresholds how many of the freshmen on this team are not year one zeros do you feel comfortable predicting i mean i'm assuming you're going to say probably shaz preston yeah. Uh, I mean, the other nominees are, are Aaron Anderson, um, yeah. Ke- uh, Kendrick Law, uh, Kobe Prentice, uh, and I guess Amari Nye Black. I, I, I guess they're calling him a tight end, but he's so soft. I can't really actually yeah. see him sticking as a real tight end. Yeah. Is, is Kendrick Law the, the defensive uh, guy who they converted, or is that? Man, I thought he was going to be a linebacker. <laughs> they apparently really liked him as like a slot, like a physical like, slot, kind of like a, a yeah. Chenault type guy, though. Yeah. So I don't really know what their plans are for him. I'm, I'm remembering him in there, but yeah, if I remember correctly, he he flashed a little bit in the the spring game as well. Yeah, um, you know, I I think that there's a possibility that they don't have as many year one zeros as they would have without this injury to Earl, because I think that they're. I think that they're going to get run early on in this this season. I mean, not the UT game, but I, who who do they have week week one? I don't even know. Is it Utah State? They it's should, some yeah. poor poor team that I feel very very bad for. <laughs> I don't sure remember Utah, exactly. Utah State's coming to uh, coming to uh, coming to Bama for that one. But either way, I think I think they're going to have plenty of opportunity to get some garbage time looks. And I think maybe in garbage time, we see them throw the ball a little bit more earlier in the season to try and get some some information and, and kind of assess out who's who's for real in that that room. But I mean, the only one I feel like I have any take on is, is Chad Preston. I'm, I feel good about his, his projection, but um, I feel I feel pretty good saying Prentice is going to be a year one zero. Yeah, just me. And I have a bet with Chris technically that Aaron Anderson will be. Um, we'll see if he comes back. It sounds like he has a bit of a, a an, an injury. So, um, gotcha. Not I'm I'm obviously I'm hoping he comes back healthy and still does it. <laughs> I don't want to win yeah. this bet on a technicality. I was never on the the Anderson train, so I'm I, I don't have a horse in that race. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's head over to Arkansas here. Um. Yeah. A a a a building program there under Sam Pittman. I really really like the job that he's done there, and I I find myself rooting for Arkansas. Um, cause they just, yeah. they're such, they, they're such a fun team and they kind of have these weird guys with like weird profiles at like every position. Yeah. Like their quarterback is, is basically Cam Newton athletically. Like they've got rocket Sanders in the backfield. Who's like this converted 220 pound beast of a wide receiver that now plays running back. Yeah. Like they just had trail on Burks at wide receiver. Who's this freaky guy? Like, they're almost like the, like the Titans always seem like they have like a bunch of like really big dudes <laughs> in the NFL that are just like top top tier athletes for their yeah. position. That's kind of how Arkansas feels. And it yeah. does all start with KJ Jefferson. Yeah. Um, to me, it's, yeah. it's like those, uh, those teams that you'd make on NCAA football or Madden where you move the guy with the highest speed to your quarterback. And then the guy with the best hands and you make him a slot guy. 
field stretchers, you know, it doesn't matter what their catch is. They'll catch it 50% of the time. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's such a, a fascinating team. And yeah, Jefferson. It's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like he, he is Cam Newton, like physically, yeah. like I'm not saying that he's an NFL guy. Really. I don't, I think the NFL will, I think he'll get drafted. Uh, he definitely yeah. has to grow a little bit as a passer. But do we think he kind of takes a step back this year without Burks? I mean, Burks was very much a safety blanket for him at yeah. times last year. There were a lot of times where he would kind of, you know, F it. Burks is down there yeah. somewhere. He kind of had that, that mindset yeah. at times. Yeah. Thrown into the middle of the field is yeah. not a good idea, except when Traylon Burks is down there. Um, yeah, I, I like KJ Jefferson. I think he um, presents, you know, some real interesting um, athleticism. Uh I'm really curious to see what he does as the undisputed guy in that that room. Um, I know last year he shared some snaps with Malik Hornsby, uh, who's another guy who they're you know just moving around the field. They, yep. uh, I saw that they said that his athleticism was too uh, good not to uh, have on the field. That's why they're moving him to wide receiver. Yep. Um, I think technically he's still their backup quarterback, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Jefferson um, is going to be a guy who's definitely fantasy relevant. We we want him in our uh, on our teams. Um, I think that he's going to struggle a little bit, uh, just as anyone would. But I think, you know, dump offs with Raheem Sanders and um, hopefully we get somebody who kind of takes a step forward in that uh, wide receiver room. Um, I'm not a huge Hazelwood fan, but. You know, one of these one of these days, he's going to get together. It seems like so. I don't know. I think I, I think that I like KJ Jefferson more than I like this offense. Yeah, let's just hop over to wide receiver. Then, like you said, you know, Malik Hornsby is apparently a wide receiver now, just like this uber athletic quarterback. He was not a very good thrower um, at all, yeah. but but just probably one of the more athletic pound for pound guys in college football. Um, yeah, Hasselwood's a good place to start. You know, you just said that he is a guy where we're kind of waiting 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 hasn't really happened yet he's not burks like let's just say that like i am very yeah. skeptical that he has the ability to kind of step in and be that safety blanket like we were just talking about yeah. you know that the jaws music plays is the balls hanging in the air and the shark just jumps and yeah. gets it like i don't i don't know that has he's to not quite function that way no i yeah. i I'm wondering if it's just kind of everybody gets 500 pass yards and, 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 and goes home happy or like, or receiving yards or like what exactly happens with this room? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Trey Knox is interesting at tight end. Um, the converted wide receiver to tight end. Another fun um, profile, like six, yeah. six receiver. Now that's a tight end. Yes. It's wild. I, I think, you know, knowing what we know about Pittman and where he thinks the heart of this offense is, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, get real heavy on the offensive line, run the ball a ton, uh, and throw the ball out of two back sets with, you know, two tight ends on the field. Uh, I, I could see that happening and really trying to hide the um, inexperience at wide receiver. Um, I, I like, I like all of the, you know, the young talent, Jackson, Satenga, Mbake, like I, I like those guys a lot. Um, I just don't feel confident in any which way on who is going to take that step forward first. Is that a bit of an indictment on KJ Jefferson as a quarterback? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that that speaks to the fact that 
I love his athleticism, but I don't know what he does well as a passer um, and where he's going to excel. Um, so I don't know where his strength is on if he's going to be a guy who can really um, consistently hit deep balls uh, and, and, and hit the, the guys who are more athletic, or if he's going to be somebody who really relies on uh, big catch radius uh, to get the job done. I mean, Traylon Burks was that guy. He was, he was the big body that they were able to find. So, um, but I mean, he's just, you can't comp anybody to, to Burks. No, there's just not. I mean, the guy that's probably most like Burks on the roster might be Raheem Sanders, who's not playing much <laughs> like, like athletically yeah, totally and, and build. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, I, you know, Keytron Jackson, Isaiah Sategna, Samuel Mbake, you mentioned all of those guys. I think they're all interesting. I really, really like Sategna. Like, one of the faster guys in this this uh, freshman class. I know that, again, because kind of why I asked you, like, I don't think KJ Jefferson can really support any of these guys. I think Burks was kind of a yeah. special um, circumstance for them. But I do think Sategna is a guy I'm keeping my eyes on. And just in case anybody's interested, assuming I, I think Jefferson will probably stay another year. But if he doesn't, the guy they have coming in next year, Malachi Singleton, uh, a dual threat guy, uh, a really athletic, uh, good player. He's one of my top uh, six or seven quarterbacks in the class, I believe, from like a fantasy perspective. Coming in there and was Mbake's quarterback in high school. So it will just be something to monitor there. Him and Denylon Morissette yeah. were, were paired up uh, with, with this guy in high school. So um, just something to monitor there. And yeah, Knox with a tight end eligibility is interesting. I'm surprised yeah. he hasn't gotten, I don't want to call it height, but just like more recognition in CFF circles. Yeah. Just because I think that's that's intriguing that he's basically a wide receiver playing tight end. And if he does become the go-to guy, like people forget after their freshman years, people thought more more highly of Trey Knox than they did of Traylon Burks. These guys that were kind yeah. of, you know, these big athletic raw uh, pass catchers. So I think he's a really interesting guy. Now, I will say that I think I might have him on one team. <laughs> I don't have yeah. a lot of them. But I do think he's an interesting guy, and he's on he's on waivers for a lot of my leagues, so I have him watch listed pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So curious, though, just tossing it back to you. I mean, from the sounds of it, then are you high on Jefferson? Are you uh, are you a believer I, there? I mean, he ran for like 850 yards last year. Like I yeah. have, I will try to, and I know that I don't don't always stick to this rule. I try when I talk about quarterbacks not to necessarily stick to absolutes. As of today, if you told me that KJ Jefferson, like a team was drafting him to be a starter in the NFL, I would laugh. Yeah, that's not. But I have seen crazier changes, growths, whatever happen. I mean, we Josh Allen happened, guys. Like Josh Allen's a great quarterback right now. People don't appreciate how awful he yeah. was. He was yeah. terrible. So I don't ever want to write off a guy like KJ Jefferson, who certainly has, you know, not. And he's maybe, got he's got two years. He has two if he, more if years. he wants it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think at least bare minimum you're going to get two years of 850 yards rushing and and 2,000 plus yards passing. So an, an interesting guy there. Uh, he loves rushing in the red zone. So love oh, that. Yeah. We love that too. Um, he will he he will run somebody over. He does not care. Um, yeah. which kind of hurts the running backs. And let's head over there here for a few minutes. Yeah. Dominic Johnson's been out all offseason, and they're saying that Rocket Sanders has been the number one guy on the roster. But this backfield is so crowded. Besides yeah. Johnson, who will be back, you have Rocket Sanders, you have A.J. Green, um, you have uh, Rashad DeBinion, who apparently made a really nice uh, impression, yeah. the true freshman there over, over yeah. camp. Like They always have 
backs on this roster. Now, Jefferson had the most carries on the team last year. Like he eats a significant part of this backfield, but can rocket take advantage of this off season kind of to himself and, and get a little more of this? Are we still thinking, you know, probably not really a CFF guy, probably just you're hoping the NFL loves him. Yeah. I mean, I, I am always looking for guys who are able to catch the ball out of the backfield. That's, you know, my most desirable trait when I'm projecting a running back that I'm into for any Debbie purposes. If they can't catch the ball, I'm not interested. Maybe I'm going to miss out on Derrick Henry, but when's that going to happen? Um, so I, I like I like Rocket Sanders. Um, I think he uh, he and AJ Green um, definitely kind of uh, share that pass catching skill set um, in my mind, um, and I think that. You know, that's valuable on a team that doesn't have an alpha wide receiver. I think it's even more valuable. So I, I see them uh, getting their their share of opportunities. Um, I've been targeting uh, Dominique Johnson quite a bit in CQC drafts this, this uh, spring and summer, um, mainly because he seems, he seems to drop further than everybody else in that backfield. Um, and I'm really just looking for, you know, the cheapest option there um, because I think that uh, this is a team that wants to run the ball and, you know, one of them will get an opportunity. Um, but, you know, these committees are just so hard to uh, get excited about. Yes, I completely agree. And it's a bummer too. Like Dominique Johnson, I don't think he's anything special. I really just wish they'd even make this a two-headed monster kind of unleash green and uh and sanders and call it a day um <clears throat> aj green do you have any thoughts on him before we move on i mean the 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 spark notes of it or anything or do you have a very passionate stance on aj green i don't not have that a passionate AJ green stance. For the record. not that AJ. yeah yeah i don't have a passionate stance on either end to be to be fair but uh razorback aj green um you know i think i think that he's he's just another guy um He's got that that uh, out of the backfield receiving opportunity and, and capability uh, that I do like. Um, so I mean, I if if I had to to rank them just straight up, not in any uh, in a vacuum, not in that their ADP or anything, it would be Sanders, Green, and Johnson. Um, I don't know a whole bunch about Dominion, but I have been hearing some positive things in camp, so that's always nice. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's go over to Auburn here. We'll go. We're heading back to the state of Alabama. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll get out of it soon. Um, surprisingly, less to talk about than the other school in Alabama. Uh, is Zach yeah. Calzada good? No, he's not. <laughs> next <laughs> that, question. Next question. I mean, the only other option is TJ Finley or um, uh, Robbie Ashford. And Robbie Ashford yeah. is really intriguing to me. If I believe the coaching staff had any intention of ever actually putting him in a game this year and i don't believe they do which is dumb but i don't believe it i think he's he could be kind of a cheat code-ish guy for them as a guy who's got you know he's very mobile and and has some other tools there that i think people like i i was listening to the the cover three pod and they were talking about uh about auburn and um you know one of them had mentioned calzada is exactly the kind of quarterback who makes sense in a brian harson offense um, because you'd expect him to be playing a Boise State. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's going to 
he's going to you know catch catch fire every now and then and and put together a strong performance he's not i mean especially with this wide receiving group he's not anybody who i want any exposure to um i would be very surprised if this passing offense is is good in any way well let's just talk about the receivers then i mean yeah. you just said you're avoiding i don't think I have any. I might have Koi Moore still in one league who came over from LSU. I think um, I've got one or two Koi uh, Moore shares and one or two uh, Caper shares from Orphans that I took over this yeah. season. But it, It's not a good situation. They have yeah. not recruited that position particularly well recently, and they certainly yeah. haven't used or developed it very well either. Yeah. So um, it's bad. Yeah, you're, I mean, you just co-signed that. No... No Auburn wood receivers if we can help it, or is there one that maybe is kind of intriguing? Yeah, if I had to take one, uh, I mean, Moore would be the guy that I'm taking. Um, and it, I mean, it sounds like I know they have, they have. I think Ike Hilliard is their uh, wide receiver coach there. Okay, um, so that they I think I think he's new this year. I could be wrong on that. Um, but I'm I'm interested in you know how they're going to be able to develop talent because I want to see the next batch of recruits if they're anything good. I have a sneaking suspicion that we're not going we're not going to really care about Brian Harson because I don't think he's long for <laughs> for Auburn. But if he is, you know, can can they develop these guys? Uh, it seems like Boise always had one or two guys that was definitely not a uh, highly uh, highly thought after um, recruit that usually ends up, you know, balling out. So maybe, maybe we see somebody like that. Moore seems to have the best profile. But I did not realize that that Hilliard was their wide receiver coach. So he's formerly a, the Steelers' wide receiver coach from 2021 to 2022, uh, or 2020 to 2022. Um, I mean, they didn't bring him back after two years, so obviously maybe they weren't particularly happy with how he was doing. But he got. I mean, Claypool, they drafted Claypool and Claypool performed pretty yeah. well under his watch and Deontay Johnson did as well. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely they talent. They know talent in, yes. in, in Pittsburgh at wide receivers. So. Yes. So I, that could be a good thing. could be a bad thing. Uh, maybe yeah. too, too difficult to see. The last question here for you, I think this is kind of the biggest question on this roster is just, you know, Tank Bigsby down year last year. I've been very adamant and vocal on this this podcast many times before that I think he was more banged up then they let on. I think this is a J.K. Dobbins type situation with his second year there, if you remember at Ohio State, where yep. they kind of kept trotting him out there and he looked like crap. And then it came out later that he was like broken. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of what happened with Bigsby, but I digress. Bigsby, Jarquez, Hunter. I don't know if they, they really think they have something there with Hunter or not. Uh, tough to say. But how do you think this backfield gets split between the two of them? Yeah. I'm bummed that Bigsby didn't leave in the portal like he was going to. I, I think he's going to regret that decision. Yep. Um, the one guy this year that entered the portal, everyone was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's really smart. And then he was like, yeah. nah, I'm back. We're like, mm. Yeah, like two weeks later. That's, oh, yeah, such a bummer. Um, I think people are sleeping on Jarquez Hunter. Um, I, I, From what I've seen, his ADP has been negligible. Um, and I think that, you know, he popped, uh, was it, was it last year? I think early, early last year he was, uh, yeah, non-con he was decent. Yeah. He was, uh, uh, poopy to put it. Yeah. And I I think part of that, I mean, if, if your theory holds weight on Bigsby being, uh, playing, playing a little, uh, hurt, 
you know, maybe him having to be in more of a, an RB1 role was not his forte. I think we could see um, big volume for both of these guys. Um, that's what I'm interested in. I, I don't really care if they're going to be productive and Bigsby's going too high for me to draft if I don't care that he's productive. Um, so I'm I'm looking all upside when it comes to these guys and Jarquez Hunter with his, his very, very uh, low ADP. I'm, I'm interested in. I'm a Hunter hater, but we don't have to talk about that here. I, I um, think, I think I've, uh, I've had that conversation with you in the discord before. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the most average man alive. Let's, <laughs> let's head over to LSU. Here. That's something uh, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's, that's an award. Uh, yeah. Most, most anything is pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Um, LSU's one that I don't think we have a really good answer about anything, but we're going to try not to spend 50 minutes on it. I think we probably could do do a whole show on LSU quarterback. There's enough questions. That's for sure. There are. There are. Yeah. You can just keep raffling them off here. Right. Miles Brennan comes back for a sixth year. They, they, they get him out of the portal, uh, coax him back. Jaden Daniels comes over from Arizona state. Garrett must Nussmeyer has gotten a lot, quite a bit of hype this off season. I'm been standing like i think eventually no. nussmeyer has this job <laughs> but you say no you th- what you think no. it's brennan's job all year honestly i mean i think i think they're playing multiple quarterbacks i think that's oh, uh God. yeah i think that's brian kelly's mo i think he is i think that was a very poor hire um i have no idea why they were interested in brian kelly um as we've seen he is a great culture fit so uh He's got that going for him. But I honestly, with this quarterback job, I, I loved Jaden Daniels as a freshman. Um, he was actually in my first Debbie league. I went after Jaden Daniels and was so excited about it. Thought I was the smartest guy in the room again. Preach. Yeah. Preach. That was, that was a, a very sad disappointment. Uh, I had to ask the question, are we allowed to drop Debbie guys so that they're not on our taxi anymore after, uh, after seeing some, specifically after that transfer uh, over here. Um, I think it, honestly, I think Jane Daniels is the most talented of the three. Um, I think he was stuck on an island with Herm. Um, I don't blame him for, you know, leaving and, and finding greener pastures, but I, I don't think LSU is greener pastures. Um, yeah, I think they, he went they, from, yeah. They, so they definitely didn't do him any favors with, with scheme yeah. and any kind of just where the, the way they used him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I don't think Brian Kelly is able to do that either. Um, I think that it's going to be similar to kind of what we saw last year at Notre Dame with Cone and Buckner getting some some play. Um, I think that we'll see Brennan and Daniels as the, the main uh, two there. Um, I hope not. I, I Quarterback committees are the death of all fun, so – was the saying if you have two quarterbacks you have no quarterback i believe yep. so it, i do think it's really interesting kind of on that note that walker howard the five-star quarterback came in here and just to give the 22nd backstory on him was originally committed to lsu notre dame wanted him really bad yep and he kind of wavered on that commitment when they released or drawn in the whole staff and then when kelly got there he stayed yep there is no word out there at all about him actually competing for this job this year 
which I think is just really, really interesting as being like the five star, you know, the hot name, like local yeah. guys are usually like looking for anything they can to build, to build yeah. some of these, these, these higher rated kids up. I'm a known Walker Howard hater. I do not believe he's even in my top 10 quarterbacks in the class. Oof. I am not surprised. And I think it's just really interesting that there's yeah. no real quarterback there. And yet he has no hype at all. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point, but I don't know. I, I probably am going to be completely out on LSU, probably more so than Auburn. You know, I think Whoa, Auburn okay. guys, yeah, I think Auburn guys are cheap enough that I'm okay taking Coy Moore as a you know a last round pick or something really late. Um, I think Butte should not play another game and leave to the NFL. And I, I mean, at that point, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> so then, I guess you don't love the running backs there. John Emery, they, they keep saying it's John Emery's year. I feel like I need to insert the, the Bo Nix copy yeah. pasta here about, you know, this is his year. He's, he's ready. Yeah. I mean, I've Fourth got time for full me four times. I don't know. Has, has he, I, I don't want to slander anybody's name. Is he, has he been the one who's had some academic issues? Uh, yeah. So apparently without like, apparently the story goes last year that the academic advisor told him that he only needed to have like certain stuff done. And, mm the advisor was not correct and it screwed him. <laughs> I'm assuming that if that story is true, that academic advisor is a free agent at the moment. Yeah. Um, regardless. Well, yes. He, he was academically misled. eligible. Yeah. Yes. So what, however, however it happened, yeah. uh, he, uh, he had to sit out last year. Yeah. I I'm not super interested in it. Honestly, I haven't really taken a deep dive into Brian Kelly's committee habits and how he tends to, uh, assign touches he's he he tends to lean on a, on a workhorse doesn't he just from what i remember in recent years or usually yeah and i, I mean yeah. his offensive coordinator comes over from cincy who also has generally used yeah. a bell cow so i feel like it's two coaches that kind of believe in that philosophy yeah i i, I may reconsider um but man I feel like emory has been a name that I've been fading for a while and it hasn't burned me yet. So why get involved now? Yeah. There's no um, reason. Yeah. Don't test your luck, man. Yeah. Noah Kane. Um, he's, he's a talented kid, but he's not, he's not anything special. Um, I'd be interested, you know, if, if we do see, you know, one or two guys really get, the rock just because i'm out on their passing game so much yeah some, uh, i mean someone's got to get so. some yardage there you would right think. you'd think but i i'm not an lsu fan this year at all fair enough um so you said Boutte, you know you hope he never plays again it mm -hmm. sounds like he's practicing again so for whatever yeah. that's worth i still love him uh pretty much unconditionally um yeah. You don't care who's the number two guy here, though. Uh, just to read off some names here for for the yeah, audience, for you know, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, Chris Hilton, Kyron Lacey, uh, Jure Jenkins, and I'll throw Jack Beck in here too, who is you know whatever we want to call him, tight end, wide receiver. Hybrid. Yeah. Does he still have that tight end eligibility on fan track? I feel like they removed it recently. Yeah. I think in some leagues he still does, in some leagues yeah, he doesn't, which is just the yeah. magic of fan tracks. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So. I yeah, she's got tight end eligibility. Sign me up. Um, I think the interesting name is Kyron Lacey. 
um, on that list. He's another guy who's pretty cheap um, can, considering. Uh, I think that because he came from, he was a UL. Uh, Louisiana. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, man. I, I feel like they were always running like eight wide receivers in and out of the game. Uh, at all times so i'm i'm interested if he's able to solidify a role um he was a guy who kind of uh sparked a little bit um but I, i'm if i don't get him i'm not sad at all i a, yeah a funny story about kyron lacy that he told in an interview this march when he came over for spring camp apparently he thought how hard they worked was a joke like it would like they were like i remember seeing that yeah yes yeah. he did like like a televised or like he was on like some sort of like <laughs> video recorded show saying yeah. that so i'm sure that probably endeared him to his teammates early on um yeah, i i mean i like neighbors he 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 flashed pretty well in our year one zero uh type stuff and i think he is the most bootay-ish guy so if you know bootay does decide to to not play or whatever i think uh yeah. he's the natural replacement and then chris hilton's just fast man like i those guys well that he's fast enough that he'll get drafted pretty much no matter what like that yeah i think he's just an intriguing um profile of, of a guy this this may just be my desire to be made right um but i'm really curious if if Jaden daniels is able to secure the number one spot there i mean this is easily the top talent he's ever seen um oh, yeah to be surrounded with I, i'm you know like i said it's probably wishful thinking on my part but it's intriguing um i just don't think that opportunity is ever going to come for him to be number one over there 100 percent, and he loves to push the ball downfield so yeah. um hilton could be an interesting guy there just and he was there. daily fantasy darling yes loved it uh mississippi state uh, we actually get to cover both Mississippi schools here. Um, Will Rogers, I mean, I think it's just, you know, you, you take out the pen at the beginning of the year, you you, you write down 4,500-plus yards passing for the uh, the Mike Leach quarterback, and you just move on. Is that, that yeah. feeling here? I, there's not too much to talk about with him. He's just kind of a vanilla guy that, that's doing what Leach tells him to do. Yeah. Uh, last I heard, he has solidified that job, right? They're not – playing anymore uh i think collins probably still drafting all the backups that's just what he does but um, <laughs> i mean Le leech is is misinformation uh commander-in-chief over there so he's he's all about that yes uh too much to our chagrin <laughs> yeah. um how do you feel about your jo joquavius marks i know there people are pretty divided on him um because yeah. he's not much of a rusher but he caught what like 70 balls or something last year like just like a yeah. stupid amount of passes like if you're not familiar yeah. with uh you know it's not like the nfl where most starting running backs if they're competent catch 40 45 passes like catching yeah. 25 balls as a running back in college is, is pretty darn great so yeah. him versus dylan johnson i mean you have a guy that you prefer yeah. over the other uh i tend to, to like marks better um just from my you know my my feel on that situation i think he's got you know the first opportunity in that offense um on most weeks um i think johnson might be a little bit better of a, of a runner but man again with the cff background what more could you ask for like perfect scheme system fit uh with mark so i'm i i i have quite a bit of marks um i have a little bit of dylan johnson but 
Is he going by by Woody Johnson still, or is he uh, is he back mm, to that one? I honestly didn't know that he ever went by Woody. So yeah. um, this is this is news to me. Breaking news here on the C two C podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that Very drops him stuff. down my rankings slightly for some reason. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wide receivers, I think if you can figure – Chris Moxley has been very much on the – actually, Mike Leach doesn't produce a top guy every year. I push back on that a little bit, not to his face, because I like him too much, um, just behind his back. Mike Leach's wide receiver one has still been pretty damn productive over the past few years. Yeah. I, I got to admit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he uh, that episode uh, where Moxley was on and, and gave that – you know, data dump on uh, leech receivers. That was the last day I drafted any uh, any leech receivers in this offense. So, I mean, Polk was wide receiver twenty three last year, and he came out of nowhere, and he wasn't a guy at the beginning of the year. Like, if he'd yeah. been the guy from day one instead of you know week five, you'd have been talking about a top eight to ten fantasy wide receiver, probably. I I I get that, and I think that's fair. But at the same time, I mean, that's how they always pop up in Leach's offense. They all spring up midway through the season. So either they're not evaluating talent properly and getting the ball to the people who can do the most with it, or, you know, these guys are popping up because they established the rapport with the quarterback halfway through the year and are just that trusted guy. And we can't pinpoint that at this point in time anyway. So that's, that's kind of my stance on it is I like predictability and, I don't see that in this offense from a wide receiver standpoint. Well, tough luck because I'm going to make you pick one right now. <laughs> uh, I'm I still probably Wally is my my high exposure guy. So knew I had you on the show here for a reason. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I still have a lot of Wally. I like. I mean, I think I think it could be any one of Ra Ra Thomas, Austin Williams, or him. I really do yeah. think uh, uh, it, it could be, and uh, we'll be monitoring that situation to, for sure. To think they they let a guy like Garrett Schroeder go. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you would have fit that offense perfectly, right? Perfect. Um, sometimes he's accurate in the five to ten yard range. Sometimes. Um, Ole Miss. Yep. Matt Corral moving on, I think, is a big deal. And I actually, yep. it's really weird. I don't think that's been talked about enough this offseason when it comes to Ole Miss. Like, yep. truly understating like the the value that he had to them last year. Where at times there were games where he was like, I mean, he was running the ball a ton because they needed him to and really kind of sacrificed himself there uh, in the middle of the season, threw for a ton of yardage. Like, he he was Mr. Ole Miss the, the past couple years here. Yeah. I'm still, like, I, I don't see this scenario where Jackson Dart isn't the starter day one. Do you think this is actually a competition? I'm going to push back on that. I think there is. Damn. Um, I take yeah, back everything I, I said after you said <laughs> Wally. Yeah, no, I... um. I've got a friend who's pretty pretty plugged in um, at Ole Miss, and from what I gathered in my conversation with him was that Kiffin was disappointed that Altmaier didn't show up in the way that they expected, and the I mean he was he was pinned from the get go of being the heir apparent to to Corral, um, and I remember seeing features on game day about Matt Corral and the rapport that he had with Lane Kiffin and this bond. I mean, after like the five interception game where Kiffin didn't pull him and he just let him kind of battle it out. 
I get that weird vibe, especially now that Altmaier is, you know, taking first string snaps in practice um, in the fall, like meaningful, valuable snaps in practice. Um, that it just kind of like dawned on me, like maybe this is some weird, like I'm want to mentor you through the ups and downs of your career. And if Altmaier has, I, I think it's more Altmaier taking a step forward than Dart not living up to what they had um or what they had expected and i i do think that there is a legitimate shot that dart is not the starter on week one so you've had sources at old miss this whole time and you haven't said anything to any of us is what i yeah. took away from that conversation yeah. oh and and that luke altmeyer might be pretty good too yeah and it's it's that report man it's that uh that report that he's got with kiffin and you know maybe dart will get that maybe Kiffin's only as loyal as uh, as to whoever's producing the best, but it's a weird situation. I just get a weird vibe from it in general. I don't see why you're giving Dart or why you're you're giving Haltmeyer um, meaningful snaps at this time, this point in the game. If your plan is to go with Dart, and who Altmaier. knows? I mean, you got you got Michael Trigg out of the Dart transfer, so you've won anyway. So it's a good point. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I do love Michael Trigg, and we're going to gush about him here in about uh, <laughs> yeah. about three minutes, hopefully. Um, yeah. Altmaier, I think, just to toss this in here, I think a lot of people bagged on him for his performance in the bowl game. I actually thought it was a very promising performance. Like, this dude basically didn't play at all during the year. Yeah. Crowd goes down, injured, and you ha- just have to run out there in this bowl game against um, – uh, who yeah. are they playing in that bowl game? I don't even remember at this point. And he he was passable. Like you could yeah. like he made some bad decisions. A true freshman in his first college football like meaningful snaps made a couple bad decisions. Like, damn, I've ne- that does never yeah. happens. I, I think people have been really hard on him. I thought like the with the way yeah. he threw like velocity wise, confidence wise, he looked really really good. He had a couple nice passes too. Like I I like Altmaier, and I just wish like I. St- I still think Dart's a slightly better player. And I think it's hard not to play him after you brought him over this offseason. But who knows? That's fair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that in the new uh, transfer portal economy of college football, what you do with the transfers that come in is just as important as anything else because yeah. uh, it sets the precedent. So, yeah, you really wonder, you know, what promises are made and how easy or difficult they are to keep yeah. in the long run. Um, running back, they've rotated um, backs the past couple years. Obviously, uh, Levy is gone, so it'll be interesting to see if they still do that or not. But it sounds like the pecking order as of today is Zach Evans comes over from TCU, uh, uh, Judkins, Quinchon Judkins, true freshman, and then Ulysses Bentley, who came over from SMU, three totally new faces. Um, I think they're all interesting, but you know, from a CFFDFS standpoint, Maybe not so much just with how heavy they're going to rotate. I know there were usable weeks for some of these guys last year, though, with Ely and Parrish. Yeah, I think especially in, uh, you know, early season matchups, non-conference stuff, I'm still in on on Evans and all three of them, honestly. Uh, Maybe a little bit less on Bentley now that we've heard a lot of sizable buzz on on Quinchon Judkins. but I, I, I'm, I'm not out on, on Zach Evans just because he wants to, you know, moderate that workload. I'm not either. Um, that's just always been his intent. 
And so, yeah. you know, he's he's been consistent. It's not like it's uh this has just popped up now. Yeah. And I also think his transfer from TCU was more Patterson. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was kind of there for Patterson. And uh, I think that was pretty obvious. Like I, the people that bagged on him, I don't really get that. Yeah. Um, uh, but who knows? Um, wide receiver there. So I was pretty all in on the Michael Trigg probably leads them in receiving this year. Yeah. But I think Jalen Robinson probably does now. That would, that would, I kind of formed that opinion before he arrived. I mean, yeah. obviously, Trigg, like there is room for both of them, but I do think yeah. that Robinson, uh, you know, formerly of Oklahoma, formerly of UCF, um, kind of a, I mean, I thought he was just going to be a pure slot kind of deep threat guy. He's a little more than that. And yeah. I think he just brings something that's totally different to this offense. Probably the most experienced guy in terms of like meaningful snaps year over year. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think he's sure. the leading guy here now over over Mingo, over Trey, who I think are really the three names yeah. that we care about. I'm curious, how, you, how do you uh, evaluate the Ole Miss quarterback position to what Robinson has had with Gabriel and Mackenzie Milton in the past? All right. So without getting too deep into it, I am notoriously a Gabriel hater. I've said he's a very good college Ooh. quarterback, but I don't think he has an NFL arm like for like a starter. Like my 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 line that I use is that the the cutoff for an NFL arm for me is like Joe Burrow. Like I don't really want any weaker than his arm. And I think Gabriel's arm is yeah. weaker than his. Um, and a couple that with the fact that he's not particularly tall and he's mobile, but like not that mobile. Like I think he's just. He's a, been a very good college quarterback, but I have a hard time believing that he's a, a big-time NFL guy. So in terms of like raw talent, I would say the Ole Miss guys are probably more talented, but obviously the competence, which can't be, you know, isn't important. It kind of sounds like a, a, an insult, but the competence of Dylan Gabriel was, it might not be matched this year, at least not consistently. Yeah. I I think consistency with Dylan Gabriel, I, I'm, I'm a Gabriel fan. I, I really like him. I was hesitant last year going into Malzahn's offense because I'm not a fan of Malzahn's offense for nobody. Quarterback. Yeah. I, I secretly <laughs> think Gus Malzahn isn't either. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's fuck this. I hate this, but yeah, completely. And so I've, I, I was impressed with the production that he was still able to, uh, to roll out. I feel like he is kind of like an old school gunslinger, I'm going to throw it to the best guys on the field because they're going to make the, the plays. Um, and I think Jalen Robinson really excelled with that, um, with that mindset because he, for the most part, him, Gabe Davis, like they, they blossomed in, the, in those offenses because of that. Um, so I'm curious to see kind of distribution here. I, if given the option, I am always going to go uh, Robinson over Mingo. Um, I have a lot of Jordan Watkins um, from before mm-hmm. Robinson mm-hmm. transferred in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, it bummed me out a little bit when Robinson, uh, <laughs> Robinson decided on Ole Miss. Um, I was hoping he'd go to Tennessee, but you know, I was too, actually. I thought that was it's the hype. Yeah. Was, like, it was like, perfect. Like just, just yeah. sign, yeah. sign on the line. And then they were like, Oh, he's going to, to Ole Miss. Surprised me. Yeah. So that was, that was a bummer, but I, I'm, you know, I, I like Robinson's talent. I'm just curious about the quarterback. Trig, we didn't, you know, we kind of left him out of that discussion a little bit yep. beyond alluding to the fact that he is a guy that you really, really want this year. He's my tight end one in my rankings. Yeah. Um, I, he's, he's tight end two for me behind Mayer still. Okay. But yeah. I get, I, I get why. 
Yeah. I mean, just, you know, the athleticism, the basketball background, I know it sounds stupid, yeah. but I mean, it matters. I think for a lot of these guys, <laughs> did you know that, that Tony Gonzalez and, and Antonio? Yeah, man. <laughs> Would you believe that? Um, uh, yeah, I think just his profile is just like, yeah. like he's uh, like a fourth or fifth round ADP guy. And I don't see any reason at the very minimum why he should go two or three rounds later than Brock Bowers and Michael Mayer. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm snatching him up right after I see Mayer and Bowers go. Yeah. I'm, my only, round, my, I'm okay with it. my only problem with like, that is like, so it seems like most leagues this year, I've wanted to pick out of like the eight slot, the nine slot, because then yeah. you can go like, you still get like a Jameer Gibbs or like one of those top tier guys. Then on the way back, you can snag like, you know, Quentin Johnston, Braylon Allen, like whoever you want there. And then you can always, yep. almost always hit Egbuka, Burden. Yep. And I'm just like, I can't fit Trigan here anywhere, even though I really yep. want him because I like these guys are all screaming values too. But yes, I, I like, I, there is no reason why he should be a couple rounds later. He's just, he's a very good athlete. He's already listed at 240, doesn't have to gain that much yeah. more weight. 6'4, 240, you know, 6'4, 245, we're, we're cooking here. I think the NFL will be fine yeah. with that. Um, and he's I don't, I don't have as much exposure to him as I really would like to. I Same. just, with my love for Koontz, uh, he's why, why draft, uh, Trig? when you can wait a few rounds and draft goons. Um, apparently, I should have been waiting longer. Circle that to, back. To Circle CJ that and back. some others. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, what I really liked about Trig earlier on in the, uh, you know, in the summer was he seemed to fall just in, like, that great, like, dead zone in startups um, where talent was starting to drop off the board. He was a guy who I felt confident in. So I, I do have some builds where, where he's in there and uh, – I think I've got one where I've got Trig and Koontz, and I just love Ooh. it. I'm, who knows if it's dead and premium, but uh, fingers crossed it is. Spoiled. I, um, you know, you were talking about your your program trade snafu. I know no one likes to hear about other people's leagues, but I had the um, the opportunity to trade Eric Gray for Michael Trig last uh, preseason, mm. and I did not do that. Oof. Makes me sad. Um, yeah, very, very sad because my team is quite frankly a monster. But, but certainly love Trig on top of it. But hey, positional scarcity, that, that tells yeah. you something, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we learned a lesson that day. Texas A&M, let's bring it home here. The last team yeah. in this group, the team that I really dislike the most out of this group, um, really? quarterback. Yeah, I hate Texas A&M. I don't like Jimbo Fisher. And okay. I hate how they've conducted themselves over the past year, <laughs> um, quite frankly. Um who wins the QB job? This is my first question to you. Haynes King, Max Johnson, Connor Wegman pulling upset and snagged this at some point this year? No, it's going to be Haynes King. He's, I, I feel pretty confident in that. Um, I think he's shown enough. Uh, he was injured last year, I believe, too, and that's kind of the big Yeah, like first or second. Derailing. Yeah. yeah. You got, you got Calzada, I, though. Calzada time, baby. Beat Bama. <laughs> beat Bama. He did. He's, you know, the, the King Slayer over there, but... Uh, now, I, I really like Haynes King, um, probably more than I should, to be honest. Um, I haven't even really dialed in that much to this quarterback controversy, controversy because I, I'm that confident in King. I, I, I think he's the starter. Though. For fantasy purposes, it might not even matter. I don't know. It like, might not, yeah. Yeah. yeah I like his I, athletic profile better, and I think yeah. – if you're if you're looking at you know win totals and things like that, I think he's the one who gives them the best shot to put up points. Yeah, definitely a better rusher. Um, Max Johnson definitely takes after his uh, his his dad there. Um, I'm 
also notoriously a king hater. So apparently we just don't agree on any quarterbacks, which is fine. Man, we, we were gelling earlier. And, and we were. We were. We, that's, we, I we mean, were. I'm, I'm a Steelers fan and a Penn State fan, so that's it's probably boiled into And a Flyers fan, right? Yeah. Flyers yeah, that's fan. iffy. That's really Central iffy. PA is just weird, man. You got you to gotta pick your spots. People don't understand that. Yes. No. <laughs> it's very, very split. It's, it's very, very weird. Uh, I grew up in Ravens country, actually. Um, so, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Maryland for a while. Life was yeah, hard in it. South Central PA as a Steelers Pitt fan and Penguins fan living in Flyers, yeah. Ravens, Penn State territory. I was I get that. I was not particularly popular for my uh my my sports uh yeah. preferences. But uh yeah. what are you what are you gonna do? Um <laughs> can Devin Achain be quote unquote the guy here? Or is he bound to a rotational role regardless? Devin Achain falls in this really weird spot for me because I, I'm i notoriously falling in love with these speedy, shifty gadget players, if you will. Um, and he seems like he's more than that. He seems like he, he has the potential to be more than that. Um, but at the same time, I don't personally believe he's a bell cow. And that's hard for me, again, because... I feel like this backfield has enough talent that they can find people to fit roles better than Achain if they want to play situational uh, offense. Um, that being said, I think he's a great Debbie guy. I hope he winds up going to a competent offensive coordinator head coach in the NFL um, because he's, he's a game changer. Um, and if this might, go back to kind of your opinion on Jimbo, but I don't think Jimbo is going to be able to get the most out of him uh, from that standpoint. I don't think he's going to use him as a bell cow. So then if he's not using him as the bell cow, is it um, uh, LJ Johnson or do you, I mean, I know he was injured through spring. So Mari Daniels got some hype. Obviously they have true freshman uh, four-star Le'Veon Moss there. I, 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 I'm skeptical that he really sees the field too much this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think LJ Johnson is the the guy um, who's going to get, you know, the between the tackle heavy carries. Um, but, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong on, on Achen because um, he's just so damn fast. He, I love it. He's he's a guy uh, I've, I've got a type when it comes to DFS. Um, I was first in on, you know, Kadarius Tony. Uh, I, ha- I love Amari Jones at Georgia Southern. These guys who are just really shifty, really uh, dynamic players. Um, and Achen is definitely a guy who I like to bank on that in my DFS situations uh, because you're always looking at, I mean, tournaments, you're always looking for uh, somebody with the highest upside uh, in that situation. And those guys can, it takes one touch to, to totally take over a game. Um, so I, I'm hopeful that Achain can be consistently used. Um, I just have my doubts about durability and about him being the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, explosive play yeah. waiting to happen there though, for him, for sure. And it might be the only real explosive quality to this offense. I mean, not to, right. We can link right into the wide receivers here, not to, yeah hate on Evan Stewart or Chris Marshall or, you know, whoever else you and India Smith. I'm not sure that offensively they can consistently get these guys open downfield enough to or yeah. want to get them open. Like the, he might be thus the spark in terms of big play. Yeah. I've, I've been disappointed with the way that Jimbo's used uh, Anaya Smith in the past two years. 
Um, I actually think he was better utilized as a receiver, as a running back who can catch the ball than he has been as a receiver. Um, Just from, you know, I I feel like he was, he was a mismatch when you had him in the backfield. Mm -hmm. And I feel like setting him up on the outside, you're kind of uh, throwing away some of that, that uh, strategic placement whenever you do that. So I, I I don't have very much Smith anymore. Um, I stopped drafting him last year uh, after I was disappointed with his production last year. So So I always kind of distinguish there's, there is a difference between hybrid and tweeners. And I think it's a very fine line. The hybrid is a guy that can probably do both, uh, you know, whatever, you know, two or three roles or whatever at a, at a good enough level that he could probably play any of them individually, but because he's so good at so many that you kind of line them up all over the place. A tweener is a guy probably isn't really good enough to do either of them full time. So you kind of split them between two to, to kind of get him out there. And he's always felt like more of a tweener than a tweener than a hybrid to me personally. He's like the, the face of that kind of distinction is like a nice Smith is a, is a tweener. And I'm trying to think of someone who I'd consider a hybrid, but like he he just doesn't really fit that bill for me. I I feel the same. I feel the same way about uh, Amari Jones at Georgia Southern. Uh, He was a guy who I loved as a running back who can catch the ball. And I've been really disappointed with him being a quarterback wide receiver running back hybrid. Yeah. Tough, tough to make that jump for some of these guys. Um, Evan Stewart, do we think yep. he ends up their wide receiver one? I do actually over Jalen. I mean, not that that will necessarily maybe like, I'm not sure their wide receiver one is a 1200 yard guy. It might only be a yeah. 750 yard, 800 yard guy, but I do think, that I think he, yeah. he that guy. Uh, by end of year. Yeah. I, I think that he can definitely do that. I don't think he's going to have that immediate role in the offense, but I think, you know, your talent's going to rise to the top and he's definitely the most talented guy in that room. Yeah. Who, I mean, it's Jalen Preston's the other guy. Like, yeah. okay. I think we know yeah. what, what he is. Um, it's not particularly great. Do you think Chris Marshall gets on the field at all this year? The other five-star wide receiver they brought in? You know, I don't. Um, I, I tend to think that, you know, the narrative that's going around about Jimbo not being great at developing receivers is pretty much on point. Um, I think Evan Stewart's a guy who's going to transcend that uh, and be successful in spite of uh, the coaching. Um, Chris Marshall just didn't pop enough for me from what I've seen. Um, but we'll see. I, I think he can have a, a strong role in the, going, moving into like next season and, and beyond. I just don't see him as a freshman uh, breakout. Yeah, I'm pretty skeptical too. I think um, I've been burned on this before, so I've been trying to stay open to it. Um, the last offense that I kind of had two guys that I was like, you kind of could probably only pick one because I think the offense can only support one was that 2019 LSU team. And I was really all in on Jamar Chase and had very little Justin Jefferson as a result. Um, that whole I, team was an anomaly, though. That's ridiculous. It's always in the back of my head, though, Ethan. It always yeah. is there. You know, you mess up that one time and you're like, could this be it again? So I'm trying to be wary yeah. and open to the fact. But I, I do agree. I think I'm I'm, I'm a little out on Marshall this year and probably long term as well, though I do agree that the upside yeah. is uh, pretty substantial with him. So I am DJ Allen's biggest fan, so I'm really hoping you're wrong. So I, I hope that, that we can have that production there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's it for the episode. We made it through the SEC West. I we did not split up this conference last year. And I believe we did a three hour podcast. So man, it's brutal. I'm, I'm glad that, that I'm glad that we were able to split it up here, and I'm glad that uh, you were the one to hop on here 
uh, for calling tonight. Again, everybody, if you do not follow him at Ethan Sowers on Twitter, and that's S A U E R S is the last name. Um, you can find all of his work at fantasy cruncher or campus decanton. It was a pleasure having you on looking forward to yeah. having you on this feed more moving forward with the bet on C2C podcast. And that'll be you, Chris K and Brandon Sanders every week. Is that correct? Yep. That's, that's the lineup for us. I'm, I'm riding some, some very strong coattails with that, that group. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we're, we're excited to be providing some written content for DFS as well uh, moving forward. So in season, Exciting if you're times. looking in season, if you're looking for Ethan's work, guys, that is going to be probably 95% plus at C2C for NIL members only $7.99 a month, $79.99 per year. And I believe I shouldn't leak this. I believe we're going to do some sort of like just in-season membership for folks that want that kind of um content, but maybe aren't necessarily into anything else beyond the betting and DFS. So stay tuned for that. Check out everything over at campusdecanton.com, guys. All the guides, all the podcasts, all the rankings, all the ADP, all the tools, and on and on and on. And lastly, we will be at the Fantasy Football Expo this weekend. About 14 of us, I believe, out of the 27 or so that are that are on staff here. So please feel free to walk up to us, talk with us. I, I love chatting uh, with everybody if you're on Twitter, I already said it, I won't recognize you at all. Even if like your profile picture is like a close-up picture of your face, I won't recognize you. So please just say your name. I'm not being a dick. I promise. Um, and that's going to be our show here for the night, guys. We'll have SEC East next week. Until then, I am Austin. And I'm Ethan. And we'll catch you later. <laughs>